destroy all children is a website just for you If playing with video games is what you like to do Or rotting your brain with comics and first run movies too We've got a great selection of news and reviews So search us out on the web, you just won't get enough Of all our digital madness and other fancy stuff We'll also make you laugh until your tummy's feeling buff Destroy all children you should go there now. Yeah. Hello and welcome to Destroy All Children. Knowing me, Larry Davis. Knowing you, George Brundle. Uh huh. Uh huh. It's a new year. It is. We're still here. Hey, Larry. What? Remember how, like last week, we did the Golden Groomies and the Golden Gizmos? Yeah. Did you know that Steam did their own end-of-year game awards? I mean, I knew of it. Is Would the... you like to know who won? Not really. Oh, but the answer's funny. Well, I guess the answer is yes, because nothing else happened, so sure, let's kill some time. Why not give it to All me? All right, yeah, let's bullshit some time away. What would you think would have won Game of the Year among the sword freaks that still use Steam regularly? Ooh. That's a it's good not gonna question. be what you're thinking it is. It's um, so not going to be what you're thinking it no, is. No, probably not. Half-Life Alex. No, that was VR Game of the Year, which, oh. like, that makes a bit more sense, I guess, because, like, really what came out that was of any note for VR yeah. in 2020? So, sure. Like, even though that's not really my kind of thing, and honestly, that game seems like it would make me violently ill. Well, Half-Life like, 2 I, made I you it. violently ill for some reason. Oh, definitely, but, like, imagine that in VR. I would just be puking all over the place. Yeah. Uh, like, I'm actually kind of interested in that. Like, that is a very specific kind of sick that I need to experience firsthand. Yeah, for Game of the Year, I don't really know, because pretty much everything major I thought was, like, a console game. Like, Last of Us Red 2. Red Dead Ghost Redemption 2. Oh. <laughs> In 2020, it came out in 2019 as yeah. the 2020 game of the year for Steam. Okay, well, I mean, uh, I guess for PC users, sure. Well, again, for PC, it did not come out in 2020. Oh, it didn't. No, it was 2019. Right. Yeah. Uh, outstanding story, rich game. Also, Red Dead Redemption 2. Uh, 2020's Labor of Love, Counter Strike Global Offensive. You know, the hot new game that came out uh-huh. in 2020. Well, for like a multiplayer game that keeps getting updated, sure, I can understand sure. that. But then, what? Which like, I think why is that one? Is, but um, yeah. Like, uh, why? Why? Outstanding... For labor of love. Why that instead of Black Mesa, which they have been toiling on for like fifteen years or whatever, because Valve wouldn't just remake it themselves. Because people using Steam are blockheads. Well, yeah. People voting in this thing are, yeah. Outstanding visual style, though, did go to Ori and the Will of the Wisps, which, to be fair, that actually seems well-earned. Sure. Uh, Best game you suck at, winner, Apex Legends. Okay. Yeah, uh uh-huh. And Sit Back and Relax is The Sims 4. That's a category? winning absolutely nothing, yes. Okay. Uh... And they do have one for most innovative gameplay, and that went to Death Stranding, which I think that actually is uh, probably pretty fair, too, because if you can say anything about Death Stranding, it's that the gameplay is innovative. Innovative, but yes. Innovative, whatever. 
<laughs> I don't care. I was just thinking about Armin Shimmerman in Death Stranding, and I got a little soft in the head. It's not nearly as bad as the weirdos who pronounce inventory as inventory. Now that I hate. People do that? Yeah. I think it's a British thing, oh. mostly. I was going to say it sounds like the same people who would pronounce aluminum as aluminium. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, yeah, there ain't much going on the first week of 2021. Uh, there is some business about, like, Michael Keaton ending up in the DCEU, uh, which broke, like, just last night. Uh... Of course, a lot of, like, Snyder fans were very upset that Ben Affleck is not going to play Batman anymore, even though, like, I thought that was confirmed a while ago. At the very least, he seems like he wants nothing to do with it. I don't know. Well, no, last I heard was that they were both supposed to be in the Flashpoint movie. But yeah, and and know. so the that news got clarified earlier today. Uh that it is just that Michael Keaton is going to be in Flashpoint. They've not confirmed that he's going to be appearing in anything else. Didn't Grant Morrison bail from that? Like he was supposed to remember. have been writing the script for the Flash movie. And I think he just yeah, was maybe. like, eh, no, no thanks." Wouldn't blame him. Yeah, well, maybe Warner Brothers executives looked at his script and were like, "We have no idea what this is," uh, or maybe he never did to begin with. Who knows? Yeah, I would like to see a Grant Morrison written movie in theaters. Well, at Me home. Too. Yeah, on my iPad. The home, the home theater. The home box office. Some would call it. Yeah, which is just Larry's iPad. Yeah. <laughs> Which he doesn't even watch in his home. You know he watches what? it in his car. What do you you want to just talk about Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four? Let's talk about Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four because nothing else is going on this week. Uh you watched Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. That's right. I did not. I refused to pay money to watch that movie. I refused to watch that movie for free. Uh well so I watched it for bad. free. Because I already well, have HBO Max. So didn't okay. cost me anything for it, thankfully. Um, yeah. Because I, after watching it, I feel like they should have paid me uh, to be their focus tester for this very unfinished movie. Uh, despite... Your focus tester for you is just, hey guys, I think you uploaded the wrong cut. Yeah, despite them finishing it, or so they claim, last year, uh, I find that hard to believe because what I saw did not seem like a finished product. Um, mm. Boy, what a mess. Like, yeah, for, legitimately for the worst movie I've context. seen in a long time. Like, I've seen the Red Letter Media review of this thing, and I've talked to you about it, but, like, I've not actually... I don't think I've sat down and watched, like, a single scene from the movie. Okay. It starts on uh, the island of Themyscira. Maybe you've heard of it. It's where the Amazons mm -hmm. are from. Uh, young Diana is running uh, Takeshi's castle. Uh, she's going to jump... Vic Romano and Kenny Blankenship are on commentary. Uh, Guy I just really wish there. Beat Takeshi like had a cameo during the scene. It would have been amazing. <laughs> but then also, I know that like you know there are no men on the island, and so of course he can't have Beat Takeshi on the island. It's yeah. a little unfortunate. Yeah. Well, you know, it's really it's misinterest if you want to get yeah. down to it. Uh, what if yeah. Beat Takeshi though was like the one male on the island though? I mean, it would make sense. Like everybody wants Beat Takeshi anyway. Yeah. What if so, he's like, just like an honorary member? Yeah, sure, why not? Yeah. Anyway, so she's doing this uh this challenge they're going to jump on these poles and whatever and they're doing quidditch but with amazons and on horses and whatever. 
And like eight year old Diana is just beating all of these adult ladies And it's ridiculous and stupid And then she like falls off her horse And then she takes a shortcut And then uh, Robin Wright I don't remember what her name is She's not named in this one because she never appears again in the rest of the movie Did she die in the first one? I I didn't see the first one I couldn't tell you Great uh, I have like zero interest in one Wonder Woman like in general. Mm. And it's like I don't I don't know what it is specifically about Wonder Woman that just I'm completely disinterested in her as a character. Like you bought me a Wonder Woman comic book recently and that actually looks really interesting, but I think what looks interesting to me about it is more the premise than anything else, which is that I guess she's a uh, it's the alternate ending to um, Army of Darkness. She slept too long, and when she woke up, it's the apocalypse, and perhaps she's responsible for yeah. it. And yeah, like, it's... I really like that as just a premise for a story. To clarify, um, it's Wonder Woman Dead Earth by Daniel Warren Johnson. Um, yeah, I couldn't remember the name of it. Uh, but <laughs> I'm really bad with just names of things for whatever reason. But uh, the art in that looks really good, too, Yeah, uh, is part of it. But... But yeah, so like the, even when they put the first Wonder Woman movie out and people were like, oh, it's actually really good. I still just had zero interest in seeing it. It still just looked really dull to me. Yeah. And I love Chris Pine. You know that about me. Oh, absolutely. I do too. I'm, I'm a huge Pine head. Yeah. I'll he's, watch just he's about anything he's in. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag my Kirk. Did you watch a movie with him and Tom Hardy? No, I didn't. Well, love Tom, I love Tom Hardy too. Yeah, me too. That one looked pretty. Bad. Tom Hardy's great. Yeah, I uh, want Tom Hardy to wrestle me naked. Yeah. So erase that from the podcast. No. Uh, oh no. So anyway, uh, she takes the shortcut and gets to the end, and then Robin writes like, oh, "You, you, you can't cheat. Truth, truth, truth is what's important. Something truth." Yeah. They, so they showed this bit on the Red Letter Media review, and it is like. A five minute long speech that is composed entirely of platitudes That's at the end, but okay Well, I thought it was here too Like that the ending was more uh, calling back yeah. to this sort of speech that she's being given It does kind of take a while Yeah um, Yes But like point is she ultimately has nothing of any value to say It's just these kind of throwing out a bunch of like platitudes at Diana That yeah. don't really mean anything Okay, so then goes back to the current day Which in this case is in the 80s um, And we, there's a part where these guys are stealing some stuff From I think a mall for whatever reason Has these like priceless antiques I guess And uh, it's bizarre in that it seems like it is trying to be like Sam Raimi Spider-Man Like I told you about this before you saw the Red Lair Media yeah. video That I told you it had a whole bunch of weird dolly zooms and stuff in it and I yeah. think you probably didn't quite know just how weird it would look until you saw the cl actual clips from it. Yes, yeah. It's and I so and weird. I do want to mention too for anyone who has seen the Red Letter Media review or who ends up watching it after this, what kind of stuck out to me about that review is how much of it was exactly the same thing, almost word for word, that you were telling me <laughs> yeah. uh, when we had talked on the phone about this. So if any of the stuff Larry says sounds eerily similar to something that Mike or Jay say in that review. I will back him up. He has said this to me in private before that review ever went up. Yeah. 
but also, like the Spider-Man three thing in or not Spider-Man three, but just Spider-Man and Sam Raimi in particular. Like, yeah, I remember you telling me that it has that kind of vibe to it in over, this one scene, yes. and then like never again. Yep, it's just that opening part, and then for some reason they quit doing that. Also. I'll get to it later, but there's one part in particular that I think Mike fell asleep for, uh, or just was not paying attention. <laughs> Neither of them were, I guess. But, okay, so after this, uh, I guess one of the things they were stealing was a wish stone, which is an ancient thing, something something grants wishes, but it's like a monkey's paw. Except they don't seem to understand the concept of the monkey's paw, because it's like... Okay, so Barbara played by Kristen Wiig, she kind of gets monkey-pawed. Like, she says, like, she wishes she was like Diana. Whoa, can you say that? Yeah. I can. You uh... can't. I have the monkey-paw pass. Why can't I say she got monkey-pawed? Well, I don't make the rules. I'm sorry, why can't I sh- say she got MP'd? Yeah, can't there you go. can't say the actual... Yeah. Be careful about that. Um... But she kind of gets that because she wishes she was like Diana and cool and everything And then like loses yeah. her humanity as a result Like okay fine whatever But then there's stuff where Maxwell Lord Played by Pedro Pascal who's doing a great job uh, Or well like the best he Both he and Kristen Wiig are doing the best they can With the material they're given Yeah Gal Gadot um, not so much No Absolutely not uh, yeah. This is another case where I told you before you watched that review That she was somehow worse in this movie Than she was in the first one and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, oh boy. Anyway, I've seen little bits of her acting in this, and it's not. It's Give not me good. the stone. Yeah. Oh God. So it just sounds very offensive when you uh, try to affect it. I I know, but that's what she sounds like. <laughs> I need you to give me the stone. Anyway. And the, yeah, that's the thing where people are like, "Oh, don't be too hard on our English as our first language." Like, have you seen yeah. Mads Mikkelsen or uh, Benicio del Toro? Have I? Yeah, that's right. You yeah. can you can actually put some effort into it and sound fine. It's... Sure, I guess. I was actually telling you because I've I wasn't sure. Like, legitimately, I thought that maybe she had like um, hearing difficulties or something like that because it sounded similar to me. But and then I said, no, she's just from Israel, which is very <laughs> similar to to when. <laughs> You asked what was up with Lou Ferrigno, and I said he was deaf, and you said, "Oh, I thought he was just dumb." I thought he got hit in the head a bunch. <laughs> yeah. I thought I was like, well, it's Lou Ferrigno. He's probably been in like a lot of fights, so he probably got socked in the skull a bunch of times. Maybe that like made him a little scrambly up there. I didn't know he was deaf. Yeah. Always felt really been, bad about it afterwards. Uh, because my dad met him like back in the eighties or something. He was deaf then, obviously. So I think he always has been. I don't know if it was something that happened to him when he was a kid or if he was born deaf. I'm not sure. Anyway. Oh, um. Yeah. So Yeah the monkey paw thing doesn't really work out Because when Max is doing wishes He'll be like Okay you wish to have nukes Now I'm going to take all your oil and that, that doesn't That's not monkey paw That's not how it works Come on Yeah. It's supposed monkey to paw be is like, ironically wish. Related yeah. to the original wish you get your wish, but your wish is itself perverted in yeah. some way. It would be like, okay, you get the nukes, but also they're going to explode while they're still in your country or something. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. You get nukes sent to you from another country ballistically, <laughs> and they blow up all of your cities. Sure. Whatever. Yeah. There you go. 
Okay. I should be the magic stone. Anyway. I do this way better than Pedro Pascual. On, on the stone, by the way, Pedro Pascal looks very strange without facial hair. I gotta say. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um. Did you ever see that post about him meeting some lady at a theater and took a picture no. with him? Uh, no. So, so she took a selfie with Pedro Pascal. Uh, this was a couple of years ago, and posted about it, and said he was very nice. And he posted a reply to her on Twitter saying, like, this was great. I was high on edibles and going in to see The Incredibles 2. <laughs> this reminds me of all the pictures of Liam Neeson pissing his pants. Uh, well, that's Cause he's that's because he was sad. very drunk. Yes, that is. Uh, I had seen those and I did not know what the context for it was. And I was yeah. just like, why does he have like some sort of incontinence issue or something? And then like reading down comments explaining that it was after he had lost his wife and he yeah. had developed some pretty severe alcoholism. So he was just so completely trashed out in public that he was regularly wetting himself. And yeah, it's yeah. Uh, I I had seen the pictures of him drunk. I figured it was just, you know, he's Irish, of course. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> all right, let's see. We've offended uh, people from Israel, the Irish, the deaf. All right, this one. Okay. Sure. Keeping a list. So. Starting 2021 by getting us canceled. It was only a matter of time. Yeah. Okay, so. Uh, Pedro Pascal, he, uh, he decides he's going to become the embodiment of the Wish Stone for some reason. Uh, I'm not really sure why, because as far as I can tell, there doesn't seem to be a limit of one wish per person, at least as yeah. far as they say. Um, well, it's like uh, it's like when Jafar wishes to become a uh, genie, right? Yeah, like, oh, I well, then so. I, it's not just I have all the wishes, I have all the power. Yeah. First yeah. you get the wishes, then you get the power. Mm. And then you get the women. Then you get the cheetah. Oh, uh, okay. Uh-huh. Sure. Okay. So, the, bum, the monkey's paw though is that her CGI looks terrible. <laughs> it's actually you get the cheetah, but it looks like shit. Yeah. At least they just like made they just use makeup for her face, so that was all right. The rest of it, yes. Yeah. Like they didn't yeah. try to cats her, which was good. Um. Yeah. So, Diana wishes to have Steve Trevor back. And the way they go about this is the most bizarre thing in the movie. Yeah. Which, um, so Steve Trevor comes back, except he is inhabiting the body of some random other guy, who apparently is not aware of what's happening, you would guess, because at the end he shows up again and does not have any recollection of it. Which means that uh, Diana is just banging some random guy who has not consented to such a relationship, or in fact... Uh, to be running around like kicking tanks, which is something else yeah. that Steve Trevor does in this. Um, and that's just Putting such this a weird man in peril because it... Diana is selfish. Yes, it, it's just a weird thing because there's no reason to do that. Like they mm. could have just had Steve Trevor come back to life, like just have him appear. It doesn't matter because well, you, would, so... you would think, okay, so the wish can't just make things appear out of thin air, except it does that several times in the rest yeah. of the movie. Well, it also. It kind of uh, it belittles his sacrifice in the first movie, right? When you just yeah. have this character back in Diana, her whole thing is instead of growing and learning from that experience and becoming a stronger person for it, just reverting into I want Chris Pine back. Give me more Chris Pine. 
I will yeah. sacrifice this innocent man who I've never met so he can become Chris Pine. I mean, I would probably do that too. Um, I like the more I said it, the more I realized that maybe <laughs> Diana is the most relatable character in this movie. Maybe because um, I would also probably like if I had a wish stone, I'd be like, yeah, make me Chris Pine. Yeah, not make me Chris Pine, but like make me a Chris Pine. I mean, I would also like to be made into a Chris Pine. You kidding me? Mm. Anyway, uh, so as a result, her monkey's paw is that it takes her powers away for some reason. Um. So, Maxwell Lord, uh, who, by the way, in this is not related to Lex Luthor. They just stripped that whole thing out of him, I guess. Because they didn't want mm. it related to Superman or something, I'm not sure. Well, I guess they also couldn't have him be the nephew of um, Jesse Eisenberg. I had to think of his name. <laughs> I don't know. That'd be really funny if he was. It would be. Try to sell us on the two of them being blood relatives. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they also, I think, say like Maxwell Lord isn't his real name. It's something else. Mm-hmm. Which actually, I think, might be the case in the comic one too. I don't remember. It's just Maxwell Luthor. It's a really bad fake name. Yeah. Uh, in the comics, um. Wonder Woman snapped his neck Also Just straight up murdered him That nice. doesn't happen in this Just supermanning him Yeah Well that's the thing is In the comics Wonder Woman has zero issue With killing anybody um, Oh sure in, in these movies They apparently think that she's like Superman But like she's an Amazon warrior Of course she doesn't care that's, She'll stab people all that's day That's weird though That they would then flip that right Because yeah, Superman in these movies Seems completely cool with murdering people But, but Diana is not she yeah. is the more pure out of them. It's That's, almost it's almost as though whatever. they have no idea what the characters are. Anyway, what? <laughs> it's are you telling me it's like they keep throwing shit at the wall and desperately hoping something will stick and make people like the DCEU other than Zack Snyder freaks? I like Shazam. Shazam's really good. Uh, yes. Shazam also feels like it should not rightfully take place within the same universe as the rest of these though. It kind of doesn't. Is the main thing Yeah, I mean, I mean that's The bizarre thing is besides that stuff That they kind of tack on at the end Which yeah. itself is like a, Is just a, a dig on the DCEU And it's a very good dig Yeah But like outside of that It almost makes it feel like Superman and Batman Are not actual entities that exist in that world But rather fictional characters Who are merchandised Yeah Because of course there's a whole bit inside the, uh, the mall Malls having a really bad time in the DCEU By the way They are dangerous places to be uh-huh. but like they have all the uh batman toys and everything well so. also there's the bit where he has the bullet that bounced off of superman that's like a collector's item oh i forgot about all that stuff yeah and like a he has like the battery too yeah yeah never mind i completely forgot that was in that movie <laughs> yeah i saw it once when it came out and i haven't seen it since uh, i i rewatched though... it a few months ago and still had a great time yeah. with it so shazam is great yeah mark strong also very good in that yeah. Bit where he just like has his monsters eat Bruce Glover That's real good I still like the bit where they're up in the sky And he's doing his evil monologue But he's really far away So yeah. Shazam can't hear shit <laughs> Yeah It's like the the bit in um, Crank Crank 2 At the end of Crank 1 He's like saying all this stuff on his cell phone And then at the beginning of Crank 2 You hear it and it's just like wind <laughs> on the other side yes. More movies should be like Crank Exactly Okay uh, where was all right? Chris Pine back. Uh, Diana losing her powers, but uh, anyway, 
the plot, like the whole thing with the wish, like happens like an hour into the movie. That's when the plot mm. decides to finally show up. This movie's two and a half hours long, by the way, longer than Apocalypse Now, the theatrical. And it version. really seems, to me at least, and again based on all the information that I have been given without actually seeing the movie directly, that you could cut a lot of this stuff out. Specifically, like oh, the yeah. cheetah stuff, almost feels like it is tacked onto the movie and has no real weight that it adds. Yeah, it's just um, there so she has someone to fight because she can't just beat yeah, up Max like, Lord. I uh, just she could absolutely do that. That would be great. Just savagely beating Pedro Pasquale. Yeah, snap his neck. Yeah. Take that, Mando. That's oh, no. what you get. <laughs> um, so okay. I guess so that maybe they would have just thought that like having a businessman villain is not interesting enough because like, it's worked for Superman. It reminds me. It reminds me in a way of Batman Returns, except Batman Returns handles this infinitely better, where they integrate more well-known and established Batman villains into that movie, but still have, like, Max Shrek being the kind of responsible for all this bad stuff going down. I would say a lot of this feels like it's supposed to be a Superman movie, in a weird way. Like, the whole thing Uh, of specifically not killing anybody... Uh, losing the power seems like it would have been a kryptonite type thing Having a mm-hmm. Lex Luthor type bad guy uh, Having a learning to fly uh, Sort of, not montage, but segment Yeah, uh, It seems like there are a lot of parallels there That it would have been like Superman Origins or something I don't know Yeah. Um, but anyway, then the plot is kind of just whatever They're going around, they're trying to find the Stone or trying to find Max because he is the stone now. Look at yeah. me, I'm the stone now. Uh, and he's going around giving people wishes and it's making him sick. He doesn't care, it kind of doesn't matter because then he can just say, Oh, give me your life force, and then it gets better again. So, none of that actually matters. It don't I... matter. None of this matters. One of the tropes that I really like is uh, villains who get like more sick and gross looking the more yeah. powerful they become. Yeah, it's too. really good. Yeah. Um, and then at some point, Cheetah is like, uh, well, she's still like regular Kristen Wig, and she's like, I want to be something nobody's ever been before. I want to be an oh, apex no. predator. And then somehow that turns her into a cat lady. <laughs> then Diana like gets a golden armor. Okay, this is the part that like Mike fell asleep for, I think. Because she's talking to Steve Trevor And she's like okay I need my powers back So you need to go away again And so he does And then While they're doing this part in Egypt Where they're like It's an action sequence She's jumping between Cars and tanks and all this stuff And actually yeah I agree that part's pretty good Except for the part with the child dummies And some bad CGI Most of that's that's alright that's the part that I liked the most that I've seen in this movie, but like I've long time for a long, long time I've been an advocate for more obvious dummy humor. Yeah. And you can back me up on that. Because oh, I know. You, you've known me for over a decade, and I think as long as you've known me, I have been banging my fists on table saying there needs to be more obvious dummy jokes in I know. media. It's not joke though, is the thing. It's just like the same kind of sloppiness that results in yeah. really bad but ADR. It works as one. Yeah. <laughs> it's the sort of thing you would see in a B movie. Yeah. Where like they don't have the budget to show the villain getting thrown off something, so they just use a very obvious dummy dressed up in their clothes and yeah, it does just, not 
Just long shot of a well dummy falling off a waterfall and hitting rocks and like crumpling yeah. in a very unnatural way. Yeah. That dummy was played by Gene Simmons. <laughs> yeah. Thinking of a very specific movie that I can't remember the name of, actually. Gene Simmons plays like he's in drag the whole movie. Kiss meets the Phantom of the Park. Uh, yep, that's it. <laughs> um, I, I know one you're talking about was John Stamos was in it too, right? Yeah, yeah. yes. There was another one where it was him and like Ozzy Osbourne. It's another B movie. Yeah, it's like Rockoween or something. I don't know. Gene Simmons has been in a lot of shit, man, but it's been very captivating shit. Both in movies and in real life. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so anyway, yeah, d- um, during that action sequence, she gets shot. Yeah. And wounded uh, And that's kind of when they realize Like oh your powers are Bad They're pretty much gone at this point um, And so she tells Steve Trevor You need to go back And then she starts running To uh, to go to where Max is Broadcasting his Press conference or whatever To the world in this bizarre studio yeah. With, uh, Where he's just screaming like, hey everybody, make your wishes Yeah, And, and it, so everyone that you see is making real dirtbag wishes So you know yeah. that this is a bad thing Yes, which considering that Diana's whole thing is like seeing the good in humanity and everything Apparently everybody only made real rotten wishes Yeah. Uh, so anyway, she's running to go to stop him And you can see the wound on her like regenerating and then she starts moving faster and jumping higher And then she's able to fly over there It's the end of Hancock Do you remember Hancock? Boy do I Alright well it's that And so that communicates yeah, that Steve Trevor's gone She's getting her powers back as a result For some reason Mike completely missed this And said I don't know when she renounced her wish I think it was later in the fight They should have had yeah. some sort of visual representation And they did <laughs> I so apparently both of them I mean he did mention that he just stopped watching the movie And was wandering around doing other things I can't say I blame him Yeah But yeah that, that part that was explained So Wow Yeah I like I Anyway think she the punches the that... cheetah and then tries to kill her I thought she didn't want to kill people Well she tries to What What stops her? Well, like nothing really She just happens to survive somehow oh. that, that seems like something okay. that I was thought put maybe in she it. had like a crisis of conscience Or something like no, that where she was like no I'm going too far It seems like something that was put in later Actually because um, So are you like, telling me her characterization Isn't even like consistent Absolutely not So oh, great. they're like fighting with all these Electrical lines and they're in the water And uh, Wonder Woman's like you need to renounce Your wish and then I am so uncomfortable with these impressions that you're doing. I know you're in there. Please, please renounce your wish. It's over. She's underwater. Also, that is like she sounds like that. <laughs> oh, that's that's the excuse. Well, no, the first time she just says it. Weirdly. They ADR'd all of Gal Gadot's lines, but she was submerged <laughs> the entire time. That's why she sounds weird. I'm going. Also, to... she's from Israel. I'm going to go get clips here, and I'm going to put them side by side, and you'll find it's not nearly as far <laughs> off as you think it is. Uh, and then uh, Barbara's like No I'll never renounce it And then she's like alright Time to die and then grabs The electrical lines and just jams them in the water And electric- electrocutes her So Jesus. Um, And then like just leaves her there And then goes to get Maxwell Lord And then later it just kind of cuts To Barbara like alive On 
land. So, so I I think maybe she originally was supposed to die there. I don't know. So I got a question for you because again, I'm not very uh I'm not steeped in Wonder Woman lore. I don't really understand Wonder Woman's relations to her her villains and and whatnot. Uh, but from when we did the Wonder Woman like anniversary issue, uh, and and we read like all these Wonder Woman stories that were packed into that, and we discussed uh-huh. them. There was one of them that was like the second part of a previous issue, and that had her, I think, allied with Cheetah during that. And my understanding was that she has a very personal relationship with Cheetah. Yeah, that goes beyond. Oh, Barbara is very jealous of my girl power. And so she became a cheetah lady. Like, yeah. is this a completely like a misrepresentation of Barbara's character in her relationship with Wonder Woman, or is this maybe actually more accurate to some like previous continuity? Uh, I would say it's kind of just simplified. Okay, I guess. Uh, like, yeah, she was jealous of her. Um, like, it's actually maybe more like what she originally was like in the comic. I'm not really sure. Um. But I think in recent ones she's kind of like gone back and forth. Okay. So I wasn't sure because it it just seems like this movie doesn't. It sounds to me like it really does not establish a firm relationship between the two of them or anything to really build off of besides just surface level jealousy. Like it seems like they did the Electro from Amazing Spider-Man two thing again. A little bit. Okay. I mean that turned out so good. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Great movie, yeah. Uh, but yeah, they I really I wanted to do a Sinister Six and branch it off of that, and it did not go according to plan. I mean, I also can't claim to be an expert in all of the Wonder Woman enemies and everything because I haven't read a whole lot of it. Um, okay. But from what I understand, she is mostly a villain. But every once in a while, we'll like team up, team up with her, like you know, common enemies and whatnot. Yeah. Kind of like yeah. a, I I, like I a took Mr. it more Freeze. as a okay I I took it more as a we were friends once but something drove us apart and I've ended up corrupted by the experience kind of thing I don't know if and, they were endless. ever actually friends yeah I don't think so well again I'm basing this entirely off of a a current continuity yeah. uh, issue from an anniversary compilation so i i that's why i wanted to ask because i'm not sure how much like that representation is actually accurate uh versus the movie's representation which for all i know might actually be more accurate um but yeah it, it still just feels like that and again i haven't seen the movie but from everything that i understand it just doesn't feel like there is really that much weight to those characters and their relationship to one another in it they are blowing leaves right outside my unit again Cool, I can't hear it, so doesn't matter. It is you're going to in a second because they're okay. getting very well, close. When I do, that's fine. Anyway. <laughs> uh yeah, I, I don't know. I also don't particularly care because like her whole thing could have been cut entirely out of the movie. It doesn't matter. Mm. None of it does. Um so anyway. Yes, Max Lord is on camera doing this weird stuff, like telling everybody to give him his wishes. Uh, oh, now I can hear it. Yeah, I told you. It's not that much, though. Um, and for some reason, he's like causing a whirlwind in there. I don't know why. They never say what that's cool. about. Yeah, I guess so. 
It's like if I had magic powers, I would just be doing world ones all the time. Yeah. What's well, strong enough to like push Diana back and like up against a wall somehow? So it's about as strong as the leaf blower outside your window, I think. Yeah, pretty um, much. Uh, anyway, then she just says some crap and like links her <laughs> lasso of truth to his ankle and blasts a message to everybody. Also, I can't tell if the president in the movie is supposed to be Ronald Reagan or not. I don't think so. If he is, then yeah, he's the I think worst Reagan like I've those, ever seen. I think it's one of those things where it's like we're not saying it is, but obviously the the era that this movie that the story takes place, we're kind of making it real Reagan esque. Well, it's um not actual Reagan, but caricature he Reagan. Ma- he mentions the, the Star Wars program at one point, but yeah, he yeah, doesn't yeah. look or sound anything like Reagan otherwise. Sure, it's very strange. Um, Nixon from Black Dynamite was a more accurate representation of a former sitting president. Well, I mean, that, than was, this, that was 100% like Reagan assembly. Yeah. The real Nixon loved nunchucks. Oh, yeah. Um, so she she wraps the lasso of truth around his ankle and blasts a message out to the people of the world, telling him, like, something, something truth, you can't have everything, whatever. And then it makes everybody renounce their wishes. Apparently, every single person who made a wish renounced it. At once. Oh, that's totally unbelievable. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like these guys who wish for nukes and oil would like they would see that message on TV and be like, Yeah, you know what? I was wrong. Uh look, I've I've seen people on Twitter over the last year and I think if given up the opportunity they would renounce their ways. Sure. Why oh, not? Totally. Very believable. Yeah. The only uh, thing I can think of is that maybe like the whole lasso aspect is basically brainwashing them into doing it. But then that would also kind of take Maybe. away the whole thing of like believing they will do what is right. Well, yeah, uh, th- like if that is Diana's core belief is, I have faith that humanity will do the right thing. It's already been disproven by the fact that everyone makes rotten wishes. Yeah. But then, like, if she has to also brainwash everyone to renounce their bad wishes, then what does that really leave her with? Like, if she's still kidding herself into thinking that humanity is on the whole good. She's sure. full of shit. Also, nobody knew that she existed in Batman versus Superman. Uh yeah, but that's weird. He- here she's talking to yeah. everybody on the planet through their TVs. As they don't actually well, that was see the thing her, that but... Yeah, that got pointed out to me too is that I guess in that in Batman versus Superman, I think they make a point that she's been trying to like hide herself. Yeah. Since the events of the first movie, and yet here she is in this new one just beating up guys in a mall. I yeah. guess like she destroys the cameras or something in there to try to still hide who the, she is. But like, the end, there's yeah. a ton of people in the mall who would have seen her. Yes, that too. So, and she's just like yeah. out in Egypt, like in the full costume, like running down cars and everything. It's uh, yeah. E- even in the first movie, though, like she had taken pictures with her World War One buddies and was looking at them at the end. Like that was the framing device of it. So yeah, I, I don't know. But yeah, I'm. I kind of want to watch the first one again because this one is so bad. Now, the first one I wasn't really a huge fan of. It seemed a lot better because it was coming hot off the heels of Batman vs. Superman, Man of Steel, all those that were just like hot garbage. Yeah. Um, but it, it was DCU a night... is just... compared to this, though, I bet it is like night and day. Because even looking at clips yeah. from the first one, it's like, oh, that looked like an actual movie instead of this, which is just like, 
it looks made for TV quality. It looks, in a lot of cases, it looks worse than random episodes of CW shows, like Legends of Tomorrow this or something. Maybe should have been a mini series or something like that. I don't know. I don't know if it should have been a mini series or just not made. I would probably go with that. Well, it's either you you take all these like plot elements that are not made good on and you stretch it out and you give those more weight or you just dump all that stuff and make a much more focused movie. Yeah. And I like so. from my understanding is there was an argument between cutting one of the two openings to this movie, either the mall scene or the scene of her childhood, and that uh oh god, I'm, what's the director's name again? Patty Jenkins. Patty Jenkins, thank you. I'm sorry. I totally blanked on that but she i guess really fought hard for keeping both of them in there so i think a lot of this movie is just her vision for it was maybe bad because she also wrote this one she didn't write the original one so she had a lot more like creative control over what was going into 1984 i'm Uh, gonna say based on every interview i've seen with her patty jenkins is mm -hmm. real dumb that's my I don't away. think I've seen any interviews with her, so I really could not say. But uh, she made Monster. Yeah, that's that a real a, good movie. Th- watching this made me wonder if maybe it wasn't actually good. I don't know. I would <laughs> have to go revisit it. Thinking it was good, maybe. Uh, but uh, that was the weird thing when Wonder Woman one came out was that she hadn't done anything between Monster and that. It was like what, like why? That was a pretty big yeah. hit. Like I believe Shirley Theron won an Oscar for it, right? You'd I think, think she would be in more demand at that yeah. point. Uh, maybe this is why. Maybe it's because she actually isn't that good. It was just a fluke. I don't know. Possibly. Yeah. And then at the same time, like how would people know unless she made another movie, which she didn't yeah. until Wonder Woman 1. I don't know. Uh, but yes, uh, she seems like she barely understands anything about the character or... The movie and, and instead is just like We love the fans We want to give you the fans what you want I love the fans Rogue Squadron Not related to Rogue Squadron games by the way Like yeah. just I'm really not looking forward To that Rogue Squadron movie Me either I'm not looking forward to any of like The 30 fucking Star Wars projects That they are working on Like even the even the Boba Fett thing that it's like Rodriguez Boba. is doing that. Yeah, and I'm just like, great job, guys, getting me to not care about a Rodriguez film. I mean, I would watch that because it seems like maybe that will get back to what I liked about season one of Mandalorian instead of season two, where it became oh. Clone Wars Part Two. You would hope, but I just don't trust that anymore. I have zero faith into yeah. anything Star Wars related being the kind of Star Wars that I want. Yeah, like I. Real great that they went from, oh, hey, Solo did not perform the way that we, we wanted it to, and maybe people are getting burnt out on Star Wars, and so we should, like, pull back a bit and maybe just don't do as many projects and kind of put more thought into what we're doing. And then Mandalorian did well, so they were like, what if we greenlit, like, 27 more Star Wars things? People seem to like Star Wars again. I renewed my There's Disney very Plus little subscription uh, because WandaVision is coming out in a couple of weeks. Looks pretty good. Uh, just, they're doing that like Cassian Andor thing, and I yeah. can't be the one who gives a single shit about Me. that character. You're the only one. That's, I don't give a crap about Cassian Andor. That's the one Star Wars like series uh, coming from that that I want to see. I liked no, Rogue One me. a lot. 
doing that Obi-Wan Kenobi thing and bringing back Hayden Christensen as Vader, even though I really don't know how that would do. Like, are you just putting him inside the costume? Yes. That's exactly what Why? they're going to do. <laughs> what? I think actually what they'll probably do is they'll have bits where Vader has his helmet off. Because you have to know that it's Hayden Christensen. They had him in the suit at the end of episode three. They did. But you also saw him going into the suit, so you know it's Hayden Christensen. Like, they'll have yeah. bits where he's in that, like, back to pod. Sure. And yeah. it'll be, he has the mask off, and, and maybe he's trying to reach out to Obi-Wan or something like that. I think that. they're going to shoot him. Because, like, yeah. <sighs> God. Like, or maybe they'll just put Dr. Evil bald cap on him. The thing that I worry about is they don't get James Earl Jones to voice Vader and they just modulate Hayden Christensen's voice so you have a really off-sounding Vader. Nah, uh, they'll they'll either get uh, James Earl Jones or they'll get that bad vo- like sound-alike from Battlefront. Well, that's a th- Every sound-alike for voice Vader I have ever heard has sounded terrible. Yeah. Like, no one has come close to mimicking James Earl Jones's voice. And I get it. Like, that's a hard... It's a hard ask. Yeah, that's an impossible to... task for someone to live up to, really. Yes. But they have all just sounded genuinely terrible. Like, I've yet to hear one that was actually like, yeah, this might not sound like James Earl Jones. Still a pretty good Vader. I, I They've all like... just sounded varying levels of bad. I feel like they should just not try to sound like James Earl Jones. Just do a different I voice. Guess. Okay, fine. Hayden Christensen, but his voice is modulated. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, the, the point I'm making, though, is I think that actually would sound the worst. Anyway, my review of Wonder Woman 1984, uh, I had posted on Twitter that it is uh, dollar for dollar the worst comic book movie since X-Men Origins Wolverine, and I stand by it. Absolutely terrible. Uh, Not worth watching, even as a goof, because it's not really that funny, and it is two and a half hours long. Yeah. I watched it in 30-minute chunks in order to tolerate it. DCU just seems like such a fucking mess, man. Just the, the fact that they're pushing into this like black label thing because clearly they know that the DCEU is not really working out for them, but people like Joker. So what if we what just did more about? things like Joker? Oh, well, they're doing like, yeah, like they want to do these more like R rated films based on still established DC properties that are not related to the actual continuity of the DCEU and they're, and they're pulling out that like black label thing that they have with their comics to reference that for those films and Joker is supposed to be like I the first of true. those I remember reading about this that this was a very intentional thing that they're doing trying to invoke that label but also invoke it like they're trying to do that in film um, okay well black label is dead as far as I can tell so Look, okay. it's DC. Everything's dead. They just keep trying. They keep shambling this corpse out here and just hoping that eventually it will work. Steve Jobs is dead. Walt Disney's <laughs> dead. I'm dead. But, like, that's... The the thing with the DCU. They they just went so hard into Justice League from the start of it without any real build-up to that, and it didn't work out for them. And they let Snyder set the tone for everything, and it did not work out critically. And so they're still just trying to scramble and find not only like a tone for these movies, but find out like any other element that really clicks with people and makes them successful. And they just, they can't fucking get there. They should get rid of Zack Snyder and just bring in Tom Snyder. Yes. Let him direct everything. You, you solved the code. Just Batman Uh, and Superman sit down in front of a camera and smoke. 
talk for a while. But that's but that's the thing with like these DC movies. I'm so disinterested in Justice League and Man of Steel and these Wonder Woman movies. I thought Joker was good. It's not as great as a lot of people made it out to be, but I still thought it was like a that movie again is carried by uh Jacqueline Phoenix's performance. Yeah, he's good. And it's it. a really good performance. Yeah. It's a bad like, movie. Sure. But like I'm I'm <laughs> That's not what you said though. You said it's a good movie. No, it's not. I think it's I think it's fine. Okay. I do not have as much of an issue with that movie as you do. I also do not think that that is like the greatest comic book movie ever made like a lot of people seem to. I think it is just all right. And all right. again, I think a lot of that is just Phoenix's performance in that movie is incredibly good. Yes, uh, it is. I am very interested in seeing the Batman because that thing, it, like, there's been stuff about how maybe the production of that movie has been rough, and that maybe Robert Pattinson is a pain in the ass to work with. But like, either that is going to be a really good Batman movie, or it's going to be very bad in a very interesting way. Yeah. So I'm excited to see that. But like, I mean, that's basically it. The main thing now is that they're like, we can have a two concurrent Batman series at once. And like, yeah, you can. Like, nobody would actually care. Yeah. People aren't going to be confused to be like, why is Batman young in this one and old in the other one? It doesn't matter. Yeah. And I think the direction that I'm going in this in though is that they should maybe give up on the DCEU and just kind they of have. start over and call it a wash. That's I mean, more saying. completely. Have they though? Because it still yes. seems like they're trying to carry on remnants of that continuity and rework it into something that is successful, and they're not having that. No, because I, I think it, if they if it actually comes out, Flashpoint's the end of it. Every everything okay. from there on will just be like whatever, because that's the whole thing with Joker. That's the thing with the Batman is that obviously they're not related to the other ones already, mm-hmm. so of course. When they do that, that would just like splinter everything off And okay, sure, whatever Just have everything in its own universe If something has to tie in, whatever Birds of Prey already Like kind of divorced itself from the rest of that stuff anyway With the way it just sort of tosses off reference to the Joker Just being like, yeah, well, he was kind of here And now he's not, eh, whatever Um, I just worry that That came out last year I worry that the Snyder Cut ends up becoming so much of a success for them that they don't have Flashpoint be the end of it. It's not going to be a success. Nobody cares about I, it. They're sinking so much money into that thing. I don't know. I think the amount of people who are getting real dumb in the brain for that thing might drive there enough of a hype many. and interest for it that it does well. There aren't that many. It's no. just very devoted freaks online. I guess uh, I don't know I, I, My point is though That this is just another in a long line Of these Studios who want to do A Marvel Universe thing But they do not put any thought into it They just think well we have this good property So of course we can spin it off Into like 30 different movies Divided into a bunch of different phases And it will just work okay. But like you can't just like Luck your way into that The Marvel stuff was very well thought out like here's, they kind of had an end goal in mind with this thing. Here's something to sort of put things into perspective. All right, think of how yeah. many people you've seen like clamoring for the Snyder Cut. Now think mm-hmm. of how many people actually went and saw the first Wonder Woman in theaters. A lot more, because that made a lot of money. Now, mm-hmm. 
Wonder Woman 1984 on HBO Max was not even the number one streamed movie the week it came out. Uh, even though it was included in HBO Max's subscription. What was the number one movie? I don't know. Oh, okay. Probably Tenet or something. No idea. <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, I, I saw something saying it was like the number two, and that's bad. This movie's a number two. That's right. Big old Hey. Hey. Anyway, yeah. that's it for DC Talk, because we're 50 minutes in somehow. So it's time to talk yeah, about Yeah, I thought we were doing a Gabagool zone this like, week, but I yeah. guess not. No, that's it. Uh next segment going into the Gabagool zone. Gabagool nope. the zone. I need to talk about Battle of the Grid. <sighs> All right, I guess we'll do Gabagool zone next week. I need to warn people week. not to buy this video game for a PlayStation 5 because holy shit, everything about this has been a mess. Uh I've been playing a couple video games this last week. I've been playing Spyro 2 Ripto's Rage. Uh, not an appropriate title. It's more like Ripto's just kind of annoyed. Yeah, he's not really Ripto's that not No. He just, like, he ended up here and he's trying to make the best of it. You know, he's an entrepreneur. Real job creator. Just trying to, you know, create opportunities for everybody in Avalon. And uh, Avalar. Not Avalon. Avalon's something else. Uh, Brian Ferry album. But yeah these <laughs> Yes uh, Everyone's not having it So they brought in Spyro to, to Literally murder him That's well, the thing that has stuck out to me the most about the plot of this game Is how many times that like uh, Fawn Lady's like Oh man we didn't kill Ripto last time You need to murder him Spyro Also Spyro ends up there on accident Right he kind of just falls into a portal yes. Yeah Spyro is going to go on vacation, but because they messed with like portal technology, he got dragged into Avalar. Yeah, to to murder on their behalf. Meanwhile, he's a mercenary. Meanwhile, there's that money bags guy who just charges gems to teach you how to climb ladders, and everyone uh-huh. hates him. Yeah, he's a real jerk. Yeah, uh, he. <laughs> my favorite part is Ripto showing up and just being like, "I bought bombs from money bags, motherfuckers." Yeah. He's an arms dealer. Guess what? <laughs> yeah, I, I um, money bags making a wish on Pedro Pasqual to get nukes. <laughs> I, I would like to mention how messed up. By the way, uh, I was talking to you about the trophies in these games recently. How there's that mm. one for beating the boss without using any healing items. Um, yes, and and that basically means you have to do it all without getting hit once. Because otherwise, it, it will keep healing himself over and over. Yeah, because they'll, they'll spawn the healing items in, but he will go and eat them. Yes. God, yeah. that that was the trophy it took me the longest to get. Well, so there's an easy way around that, which is you just get the uh, the permanent flame power up for 100%ing everything else, because then you can just keep him in a damage loop. Because yeah, if I you shoot him that. with that flame, it will hurt him. Because I was doing uh, everything as I went through it. So, like, yeah. at the end... When I got the permanent flame, that was the end. I had platinumed it. I spent probably about a half an hour trying to go for that trophy, and I was just having a really hard time. And so I looked up online. I was like, there's got to be like some way to cheese this or an easier way to go about it, or there's just something I'm missing about his patterns to that is like preventing me from dodging this stuff as effectively as I could be. And then I read that, like, no, you should just come back there after you get that power up, and then it's like really easy to do. So I'm putting those off for like the very last thing that I knock out in that game to okay. get platinum. 
Well, I um, did it legitimately because I'm a much better gamer than you. Oh, well. Uh, I got I got pretty close. I got him down to like three pips of health. And then there's something about his like charge attack where it just seems like a real crapshoot whether or not yeah. it will actually hit you. Yep. And so he like got me down to green and then chicken started coming out and he just started eating them and I got really frustrated with it. Yeah, that's the one where pretty he, much the point where I looked up what to do. The one where he launches the mortars you can dodge pretty easily by just like quickly yeah. jerking left and right and he'll just like try to shoot where you would have been if you were moving. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's that charge is the actual problem. Yeah. Um but anyway, like Ripto's Rage is uh I've only played this in the first Spyro. I like the first Spyro way more. It feels yeah. like Ripto's Rage just gives you way too much busy work to do. And like when you have to go back into levels, because sometimes like you can't hundred percent a level because you need to move from money bags later on. Yep. And so when you have to go back there, you then have to like redo a bunch of progress in that level to like unlock different areas in the level where you may have needed the other thing to push for like trying to think of an example of this, but like say you got to go blow up a certain kind of enemy like five times in the level and like on the fourth time it will open up an extra area, like it will unlock a door and past that door is maybe a wall you need to climb that you would have needed to climb power up. When you go back into that level, that door is not just already unlocked because you made that progress previously. You have to go make that progress again to unlock that door. So it just feels like busy work. I think that's maybe like a limitation of the PS1. Like yeah. RAM, like a RAM issue, and and so it is. Like this game being a remake and wanting to kind of stick close to the structure of the original game, it it may be kind of like what we've brought up with Dark Souls that it is a fault of being too faithful. Yeah, but it's just like a little frust. It's kind of just annoying. Like I guess it's not really that big of a deal. Yeah, uh, to me, an even also, bigger deal is how levels... much you have to stop and talk to people. Yeah, all those levels are also pretty small. <laughs> Like, you can yeah. run through them pretty quick. But there's a lot of, you know, that one of the things I hate in games, especially stuff where, like, levels move at a fairly quick pace. Otherwise, like, a platformer is constantly having to start and stop to do different things. So there's a lot of Inspiro 2. I just want to run through the level and have fun. But I have to constantly stop and talk to characters. And it's not even that I can kind of, like, run around them and just ignore them. Because they have this weird kind of, like, cone like a metal gear solid sort yeah. of cone that if they spot you in it they'll yank spyro all the way over to talk to him and they're placed often in locations where you can't easily get past them without tripping that cone so even though i've talked to a character before spyro's got to slide over and talk to them again and i have to just quickly like go through their dialogue and it just kind of breaks the rhythm of levels i've already been to uh so know, that's mostly been my issue with it like that in the money bag stuff i just let me have those powers at the start of the game come on yeah. let spyro climb this is dumb well but yeah you'll have a great time with spyro 3 well because I... that also has secondary characters who you need to rescue to uh, get to certain areas uh, and levels yeah i was talking to uh dylan fan of the podcast <laughs> friend of the show about this Yes. Who, by the way, uh, to he... go back to, to Wonder Woman, I was explaining this to him when I had first watched the movie, the whole thing with Steve Trevor. And I explained, like, oh, so he body jacks this other guy uh, for the whole movie. And he was like, mm -hmm. oh, so, like, they wanted the character back, but the actor didn't want to come back. And I was like, oh, no, it's still Chris Pine. Like, she sees him as that. So you just see Chris Pine the whole movie. It's like, so what's the point of it? 
I was like, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> what is the yeah. point of it? Uh, okay. But yeah, I was I was talking to Dylan had said that Spyro 2 is the best one, which I don't what? think I agree with. No. Yeah. Yeah. He told Worst. me it's the best one. Yeah. He also told me Dark Souls 2 is just as good as Dark Souls 1, so I was Look, I like Dylan a whole lot. I think he's a fine he's lad. He's got problems. I, I, <laughs> I do not agree with these two opinions of his. But I enjoy his company otherwise. Um but he was explaining Spyro 3 is uh, where the series started to drop off and become more minigame focused and add all these other characters. And like that stuff does not sound great to me. And so I'm kind of like not super excited for Spyro 3. Uh, and that's part of why I asked you like, hey, you said Spyro 2 is the worst one, right? Because like I'm kind of worried at this point about Spyro 3 maybe well, actually being worse than this. So the other character, there isn't actually that much with the other characters. Okay. Like each each one has maybe like two segments throughout the whole game. There's okay. like there's I'm worried like more about one. like mini game bloat. No, no. Well, thing. they're not like no. mini games. They're just like these okay. sections of levels they all do. Like there's the penguin that shoots rockets. Just... There's a yeti guy. There's kangaroo, and there's a a monkey with a laser gun. It's just that when you say more characters, more minigames, I start to think of Donkey Kong 64 because I've been hurt very bad by that game. No, I know that it's not a minigame, but I'm saying that's how it was described to me, is minigames. No, they're not. So you're telling me otherwise, and and it's not that I don't believe you. It's just that it was explained to me different by somebody else. Yeah. And so that's why I had that impression of like, oh, I don't know. The closest it probably gets to a minigame is there is one level with the laser monkey that's like a first-person shooter. And so that's kind of the well, other. That sounds terrible. That's what. Yeah, not great. Well, it's a whole lot better in this when you have dual analog control. I can tell you that. Oh, yeah, I suppose that's true. Um, but uh, I'm very much thinking of it as like, oh, PlayStation One first-person shooter. No thanks. Yeah, yeah. The the other characters are just like 3D platformers. There's nothing okay. like mini game ish. They have their own abilities. But yeah. No. Well. I'm almost done with uh, Ripto's Rage. I think I have one level and then the final boss, and and I got to go back and clean up a couple areas to get 100%. But yeah, I beat most of that game in a single sitting because I foolishly thought that they fragmented this into like five different worlds like the first game. And so I was just like, I'll beat the second world and I'll I'll call it a day after that. And then like 11 levels later, I was 70% through the game. Yeah. So whoops. Oh, my fault for just constantly like setting a goal and then really sticking to it of just like, well, there's just one more level. How long could that be? Just push there, ahead. There actually forward progress. There is one mini game type thing that you should be aware of, which is uh, in three. Once you have finished a hub world, you can go back there and uh, interact mm. with a sign and do a sparks level, and those give you permanent upgrades. Uh, okay. um, those are like overhead shooters, like dual stick shooter type oh, levels. Weird. Um. But they're also pretty short But the thing is, it tells you, like, come back here After you got sparks or whatever Or I don't remember what the exact wording is But it made me think there would be something that would tell you Like, oh, now you have sparks So you could go back to these levels But instead, you can just do it after you finish it So, like, I had done the entire game And then went back and did those levels And was like, oh, now I have the ability To pull gems in from further away That would have been useful so speaking of overhead shooters and also platinuming uh, video games, I've platinumed Blood 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 Cursed, Blood Stained, Curse of the Moon too. Oh 
Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What are you talk about uh, Power Rangers? Yeah, I'm getting to it. <laughs> Building up, you know, creating <sighs> anticipation. Uh, I Platinum Bloodstained. Uh, I was mistaken when I talked about it on Game of the Year because, again, I had not really made that much progress into it. Um, I still stand by that as probably the best under 30. Like, I, I still had a lot of fun with that game. But uh, when I said it was long and that there were two episodes, I think I kind of made it seem like the second episode had its own unique set of levels. That's not the case. You go back and you replay the levels from the first episode over again, just with a different set of characters. Or no, not even a different set of characters, I'm sorry. You had the same characters you had minus one. But because you have two of them earlier on the first couple levels, you can progress through them differently. Uh, and then that's what gives you like these weapon parts to build uh, Zengetsu's more powerful blade, and then that gets you a different ending. Uh, and then depending on what ending you get there, we'll get you an additional episode. So if you get the bad ending, you get the EX episode, and if you get the good ending, you get the final episode. But the thing I thought was interesting is in the final episode, you get the characters from the original Curse of the Moon. And so that does like significantly alter how you can make progress through these levels, and like your third time going through the same levels is still kept interesting because they significantly alter the layout when you go through them with like Miriam uh, or or Jeebel, however you say his name. Uh, but in the final episode, you're getting these parts to build a rocket ship to literally go to the moon, and oh, it's so like when Ultima. you go to the moon. Yeah. When you go to the moon, it is an overhead shooter segment. And when you get all the parts, your ship becomes so ridiculously overpowered that you can kill the boss in that segment in like 10 seconds. You just oh, so dump like into Nier. him and he immediately dies. <laughs> yes. Um, it's just like Nier. Uh, but I really like that you go to the moon and actually kill this like really fucked up final boss. But like in the good ending, you kill him and then you have the classic Castlevania shot of everyone standing on like a cliff overlooking the castle, except it's everyone standing on the moon. And so it looks goddamn ridiculous. And then it says no Frankenstein was played by Boris Karloffis. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but if you get like the EX ending, the bad final ending, you literally cut the moon in half. Oh, like Osiris Wrath. Yes, this game is like everything else that you enjoy, it turns mm. out. It's like a dozen different things when it hits the ending. You know what? You're right. Um, that is interesting. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought it like the bad ending to that game is better than the actual good ending because you yeah, cut sure. the fucking moon in half. Exactly. You it's pick below it. Yes. I'm sure the moon will be fine whenever they do a Curse of the Moon 3. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you know, you just like, you make a spirit bomb and you throw it up in the air and it takes place Look, in the moon. Their out actually is that the EX ending is not the true ending, so that's fine. But of course, still, like it should be very frustrating to me that I have to go through those same levels at bare minimum three times to get the true ending of that game. But I do feel that they keep the level design fresh and interesting enough as they pump in new characters for you to play as. Uh, so, I, don't know, I had fun with it. I beat the game. I just wanted to follow up on Game of the Year and say that's still really good. Okay. Um, yeah. What's this about Power anyway, Rangers? Anyway, I'll talk about Power Rangers. Yeah. So, I I like Power Rangers. Why? I'm a big fan. Uh, I don't know. They I, never I made really a know. Power Rangers <laughs> series out of Zeogre, which means we never got American Cube Whale, which yeah. I think is a tragedy. It's kind of fucked up. How they did a cube oil like that. Yeah. 
Battle for the Grid is a Power Rangers fighting game. In case anyone is not familiar with it, it is based on, well, it is a mobile game that they then ported over to console, uh, which means that for once I'm good at a fighting game. Uh, and I have been having a good time with it outside of the fact that when I try to connect to an online match, the game has told me that it cannot establish a connection even though I'm definitely online because I can see that, like I can go to the PlayStation store and search stuff. I'm online. Uh, so when I went to go update the game, because uh, part of this error messaging is telling me that I need to install an update in order to connect to matchmaking, it will just give me an error saying something went wrong with trying to fetch the update. So you suggested I reinstall the game, which I did. And this made everything worse. Uh, because upon reinstall, when I launch the game, it will not actually recognize any inputs from my controller at all. So I can't just even get to the menu. Uh, although, thankfully, it stopped giving me the error message upon boot saying that it couldn't establish a connection. So I could get into matchmaking if it would recognize any of the inputs on my controller. Uh, I would then try to install the update, which would actually fetch. And then the update would always get about halfway through and then it would stall and it would not finish the update. So, I uninstalled the game again, and reinstalled it again, and completely reset my modem, like unplugged it from the wall and let it sit for 10 minutes. Finally, it installed this update, and everything started working, and I was able to get into matchmaking. Except, every single matchmaking, like, every single online game would play for about 10 seconds, and then it would encounter an error, and it would boot me out. I've not been able to finish one online game. I've not been able to get more than about 10, 15 seconds into a match before it errors out. But the weird thing is, doing this in ranking will give me wins or losses seemingly at random for disconnects. So I'm now in gold placements on <laughs> online ranking. Okay. Even though I've not actually beaten a single person. Great. Yeah, and so online is still just functionally useless. I do not know what it is with the, like, internet connection for that game. Like, PlayStation 5, for me, connects to the internet totally fine. Otherwise, I've played other stuff online and I've not had these kind of connection issues. There's a little bit of wonkiness with Squadrons, but, like, it sorted itself out at some point and played totally fine after that. So I don't know what it is about Battle for the Grid specifically, if it's something with whatever dedicated servers they're running or just not that good, if the netcode to the game is bad, or if it's something specifically about running on a PlayStation 5 that makes it janky. That's what but it seems if, like to me. That's what I'm leaning towards. But it's like the button input thing in particular is Yes, that, that was very to point strange. To like hardware level issues. Yeah. Uh but point is, I'm ranked gold, and so I'm very good at Battle for the Grid. So, yeah. you know. Who's your main? Yeah. Uh, my main is Gia. Uh, she is like the yellow pirate Power Ranger, because uh, she seems kind of busted. She can hit you from half a screen away. Cool. <laughs> yeah, just combo you from way the fuck away. Uh, she's very, like, Injustice Harley Quinn-esque in that you can pretty much just mash all the buttons on the controller and do really well. Oh, Right. Very entry level friendly. Uh Jason's also very good, uh Red Ranger. And uh the the cat the kitty cat ranger. I like her a lot too. She's she's pretty neat. Uh Trini in like her dragon armor 
seems also ridiculously powerful. She just does like a ton of damage. And like some of her moves seem like they will just chew through you attacking her or defending against her. Yeah, it's called super armor. Um, is super there like armor, a tier yeah. list of like who's the best power ranger? Has anybody agreed? Like who's S tier? Who's the Sagat of power there... rangers battle for the grid? There is, and I looked at it a while ago, and I can't remember other than the Black Ranger is like the absolute bottom of the list. It's messed up. Yeah, they ranked him the worst. Uh, his damage output's just not very good, and a lot of his moves are... Like, he throws out grenades, but the grenades will disappear if he gets hit, which is not how that should work. The grenades yeah. should just be there for a period of time or until somebody runs into them. Uh, also, is... his super mood is contingent on you hitting him because it's a counter. When are they going to add Bulk and Skull? Oh god, not soon enough. They should be like the Ginyu Force in Dragon Ball Fighters. Yes. They should just be the Bulk and Skull from that weird like fever dream they had where they were like off-brand Power Rangers. Yeah, sure. Yeah. That'd be great. Anyway, Battle for my review of Battle for the Grid is it's okay. Don't buy this for a modern console if you plan to play it online. Bulk and Skull should be like ice climbers Like you're controlling both of them at once <laughs> Yes Yeah I mean unfortunately since they're basing it off the Battle for the Grid comic book I guess like Skull would just be A Black Ranger incognito And then I think Bulk is dead I, don't know. I know Skull dies Last I read they were both still alive I just read them well, a few and... months ago this is like alternate realities. Yeah, because he's from the universe where Draken takes over, and so he like disguises himself as a Black Ranger, I think, to like free Ninjor. And anyway, he gets <sighs> murdered. Skull is dead. Yes, no, exactly. <sighs> yeah, Snore huh? louder. Huh? Huh? <laughs> I just, I like that this is to free Ninjor, a character who I vividly remember talks like Marvin the Martian. Okay, sure. In the show, it was just someone doing a Marvin the Martian impression. But, like, Ninjor is, like, he's a master craftsman with, like, the power coins and everything. And the way they present him is, like, a very sagely figure who has been around for a while and is more connected to the Morphin grid than anybody else. Uh, but also, that bozo talks like Marvin the Martian. It's just very good. Anyway. Power Rangers comics are are weird. <laughs> I have a retro corner. Okay. You ready? Yes. You don't do you have a retro corner also or are you just going to chime in on mine? I also have a retro corner, but let's Too bad. see how let's see what we have with with yours and where we end up at the end uh, of this. Because I have no respect for myself or my time. Uh, mm -hmm. a few days ago I decided I was going to play through Simon's Quest. Castlevania Simon's Quest for the Nintendo Entertainment System uh, should not have been allowed on that console because entertainment doesn't describe anything about Simon's Quest. No. That's it. That's my retro corner. I give it uh, <laughs> one out of ten. <laughs> Terrible game. How how much did you have to refer to a guide oh, to get through Simon's Quest? I was Quest. not going to all waste way? time. I just brought okay. up a walkthrough and it's like, okay, I've never played through this game start to finish. I'm going to do it. It took about an hour and a half. Um, so you had, was it you who had tweeted out like a screen cap of somebody insisting that like Simon's Quest was always yes. great and that 
dumb modern babies are the only ones who have to use a guide for it, not yes. genius manly men. That's right. I I finished okay. this game when I was six years old when it came out, so yeah. everybody should be able to. And like, yeah, because I didn't use no Nintendo Power. You had zero, like, you had nothing but free time, and would yeah. just spend all day talking to everybody and trying everything in every location. It's like yes. a point and click adventure game, but it makes less sense. Yeah. Uh, so I, this same person also said that Zelda Two is good, and and as I had pointed <laughs> out to you on Twitter.com, the the Venn diagram of people who think Zelda Two is good and Simon's Quest is good is just a circle. Oh yeah. It uh, takes a certain kind of. Uh, Yes, diseased brain to like both of those games. Yeah, uh, but I have beat Simon's Quest largely without using a guide. I did refer to it, I think, maybe two or three times playing through the game. Uh, so very minimal. But the way that I got through that was talk to everyone, use everything everywhere, and so it took forever. Yeah. Uh, but I also had like nothing going on at that point in time. I think I was just kind of working a part-time job and I didn't really have much responsibility. So I just dedicated an absurd amount of time to getting through Simon's quest also, and it's though, not worth it. beating that game time, without a God, even at the time you probably knew stuff like, you know, you get to that cliff, you have the crystal equipped, you duck. Yes. Like that's a famous yeah. part now, but if you didn't know that, I yeah. don't know how you would figure that out because even the hints yeah. they give you about it don't really tell you that. Same with yeah, like, it was like um, that and give Dracula's rib to the boatman gets you to a different area. Heart. I want to say, and yeah, the heart. yeah. There's nothing <laughs> that really indicates that either. And then stuff like the graveyard duck. You know, there is no graveyard yeah. duck. Instead, you use garlic in the graveyard. Yeah. Um. Do you know what the origin of that is, by the way? No. Okay, so some people theorize that it's a translation issue and it's telling you to duck in the graveyard. But no, yeah, in the that, Japanese, that would be my interpretation of it. Yeah. No, in the Japanese version it's talking about an actual duck. It's oh. just like some weird thing they put in there, like similar to other things where uh like they're kind of just messing with you and telling you wrong information. It's like the guy in Kung Pao. So it's like we trained him wrong on purpose. It's basically whole towns of people doing that. But Jesus. So the character designer for a lot of the Castlevania oh. games, Yada Bon, he included a personal message in a README file that came with the X sixty eight thousand version of the first game. Okay. And this is what it says. During the game's development, I bought books and watched horror movies for inspiration, but then I remembered I can't handle horror movies very well, so there were a number of movies I never managed to watch all the way to the end. They didn't turn out to be very helpful, I feel. I don't care what anyone says, scary stuff is scary, scary, scary. So scary that I can't forget it. I hate ducks, because one time I kicked at one and it came rushing after me super fast. <laughs> ducks scare me more than Dracula. And so that's what oh, Yadabon had to say about <laughs> ducks. <laughs> and apparently that's why that message is in there. I Okay, so I was wondering for a moment if it was like a Japanese cultural thing, uh, because Curse of the Moon 2 has a character named Hachi in it. And I don't know if you're fami familiar with the dog Hachi. Yeah. You are? Okay. Yeah, the Shiba Inu. Uh, yeah, so for anyone who doesn't know, uh, it is the Shiba Inu that, I actually think it's an Akita, uh, it doesn't matter. Point is, dog. Um, 
it basically would it would wait at this train station for its master to come home from work every single day. But when its master passed, it basically just spent all its time at the train station waiting for him. Yeah, so until it passed away. Episode was based on. Yeah, and so there's now like a statue of Hachi at that train station and everything. But in Curse of the Moon too, you have a, a little little doggy named Hachi, uh, and his whole thing is he pilots a mech that is based around a train. That's so cute. it's just a, yeah, it's a cute little thing that they put in that game. I like it. I like it a whole lot. It's it's neat. Uh, but I had totally forgotten about that story until I brought Hachi up to a friend and they filled me in on it again. So I thought like maybe the duck thing was something like that. Uh, but it turns out it's just this weirdo kick the duck. Yeah, it's just Yadabon <laughs> is afraid of ducks. Uh, yeah, but like that also kind of explains why ducks keep showing up in Castlevania. Like rubber ducks yeah, appear yes. in almost all of them. Uh, huh. But yeah. I thought that was interesting. That that I found by googling graveyard duck and it was from uh, legendsoflocalization.com yeah. um, which also mentions some of the other appearances of ducks. Um, graveyard duck just sounds like it would be a novelty Halloween song from the 70s. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that would also be good. Well, I'm sorry you played Simon's Quest. That game is fucking terrible. Like, when I was sitting down and doing this list and I was putting on all the Castlevanias, I specifically did not put on Simon's Quest because there's nothing anyone can do to make me play Simon's Quest again. It's also just, like, the difficulty curve of it is terrible because it's mostly built around upgrading your whip and you just have to farm hearts to do it. And once you buy all the stuff, there's nothing else to buy. Like, the second half of that game, there's nothing to buy. Yeah. And the only penalty for dying Well, there's no penalty for dying You just go back to where you were But if you lose all your lives and continue The only penalty is losing your hearts You still start at the like exact same Just like real life, there's no penalty for dying Yeah, you still start at the exact same point So like, wh- why Yeah. Just keep going There's no reason to like even try it's... to play it correctly Just move forward and whip So you and I have talked about this before in the past Uh that this is very much like the first Souls game in the sense oh, that yeah. it is just very obtuse and yeah. somewhat open-ended in how you progress. Uh, and I think that's still kind of accurate. Although maybe it is more accurate to say it's the first King's Quest because it's also nearly unplayable. Kingsfield. Uh, yeah. Kingsfield, I'm sorry. King's Quest, different thing. Uh, much also more unplayable. Playable. <laughs> yes, but still more playable than Kingsfield. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, so I recently, uh, when my apartment flooded and all I could really do was kind of sit in my bedroom uh, and play the Nintendo Entertainment System, started thinking about, like, going back and maybe buying some more NES games. And one of the ones that I settled on of, like, if I did this, the game I have to have is the original Castlevania. And so yeah. I got on eBay, and I have issues with the way that Castlevania and Simon's Quest design their covers because they're very similar it's the main character behind their back that got their whip out and so there was just a lot of like seeing oh wow this this is a cheap version of castle ah shit simon's quest (laughs) so i would just see the cover and i would think aha this one's only like 17 bucks not paying any amount of money for simon's quest there's no way in hell yeah uh the original castlevania of course costs uh quite a bit more money um that's surprising to me. Like I, I, would think, bucks. I would think it was common enough that it wouldn't be that expensive. Well, like the, the retro video game market, like third hand market right now, is also incredibly messed up. Like everything is way more money than it really ought to be. So 
probably the original Castlevania was affordable once upon a time. So this was a few a recent years thing. ago. This is a recent thing. This is oh. like again, my apartment flooded, so this was like a couple months ago. Oh, right. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's just now is a really bad time to get into collecting retro games. It was a bad time when I did it and was buying Nintendo sixty four games. That was like a couple years ago now. Yeah. Uh, but it's even it is even worse. It's an even worse state. And so, honestly, if you're going to do stuff like this, just emulate games. Don't go through all the trouble of buying these expensive setups and everything, because even just investing in the games on top of that is becoming a ridiculous money sink. But that disrespects Nintendo. I don't give a shit about Nintendo. <laughs> I don't care at all. Probably got a dossier on me going like, oh, this dude's downloaded a lot of our games. We need to figure out how to... Get a bag, man. Yeah, get a tranquilizer dart. <laughs> exactly. I've got cars parked outside your house at all times. You gotta meet me in a diner. Sit by yeah, the window the so you with... make sure nobody tailed me. The dude with the leaf blower is actually an agent for Nintendo. That's why he keeps coming around is he's got like one of those listening devices trying uh-huh. to figure out what I'm talking about Nintendo ROMs to yeah. build their case against me. Point the leaf blower toward the window. So that's a directional <laughs> mic like in Splinter Cell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's Thurston of Agent 47. He's just dressed up as a uh, as a uh, gardener. But, uh, yeah, like, there's there's nothing that should get you into collecting retro video games now unless you're a weirdo purist who absolutely must play it on old hardware. And, ah, oh God. It's a certain elitism that goes into that, too. That really bothers me. But, yeah, anyway, I'm sorry you played Simon's Quest, dude. That's terrible. Well, like I, I feel said, really it didn't take that, that long to, to play through, so it wasn't a huge <laughs> well, loss. It was mostly just I have the anniversary collection on uh, Xbox, and yeah. thought, eh, I want to get all the achievements in these. Turns out, though, uh, you can just use a password. I probably yeah. should have done that, but I've never yes. played through it like start to finish, and like I said, did not take that much time, so it wasn't a huge loss. It should be one of your things where you're looking up all the achievements in advance, and you see, oh, I got to complete Simon's Quest too, so I guess I'm not doing this. Yeah, I'm just not but, getting platinum in this game. But I mean, I I'll probably just like use the passwords for stuff like Bloodlines. I don't know that I want to play the entire yeah. like the same game again with Eric. It's not that long of a game, though. Is a thing. It's like forty minutes to get through that thing. But it's also not different, right? It's uh, like a couple levels. Yes, there's a different route that you can take depending on what character you have, but it is a very small amount to that game where you're able to do that. Yeah, so that's the thing. I just don't really want to play the same thing again. Like, uh, Castlevania 3, yeah. I would probably do it because you have to do the different routes. Actually, the I... thing I would do probably there is use the password for the one for just finishing with, with Trevor because I don't know yeah. that that's different than any of the other routes. But, like, that's my thing with Bloodlines is I just think it's so good of a game that you're going to play through that thing once and the prospect of having to play it again is not going to be that bad because it's like, hey, play this a very good game a second time. True. You get to see Business Frankenstein again. Yeah. And again, it's it's not a long game, so I really don't feel like that is a tall ask. Yeah. Like, if you're able to sit down and play all of Simon's Quest, for Christ's sake, you can sit down and play Bloodlines <laughs> twice. Yeah. Come on. It's disrespectful at this point to do what you did and then do what you're saying you're going to do. I don't care uh, about Eric Lacard. Shut up. <laughs> He's a freak. No claim to so the it's throne. Great about him. Yeah. Uh, I do have a few John fun, Morris, good retro today. games. If you, oh yeah. John Morris is a big old meathead. Yeah. The one Look I again. 
himbos <laughs> all the way down. Exactly. The John Morrison portrait of Ruin, I think, is his grandson. So I think also that has like a, the kids of Lacard are in that too, like twin granddaughters or something. This is besides the point, but uh, I thought it was kind of weird rewatching the music video to Physical, how it is basically just about himbofication. Yeah, basically. And then like a gay yeah. panic joke at the end. Um, well, yeah, no, all of them are gay and, and they walk away and yeah, she's like, well, I got to settle for the one fat guy that's left. That's living it's a the weird dream. music video. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Such a fucking bizarre music video. <laughs> uh, I got a few good retro games we could talk about very all quickly, right. so it's Great. not all negative. Uh, why don't we talk about the treasure games on the Sega Genesis? And by that, I mean Dynamite Heady, Alien Soldier, and Gunstar Hero, okay. uh, two of which are very good games. One of them is kind of just, eh, it's all right. I would say, Okay. I would say three are still good. It's just the one is not as good as the others. I so I guess we should just start out with the Gunstar Heroes because yeah. that's the one that I think is just kind of okay. Uh, I'm not way into Gunstar Heroes like a lot of people are. I like it. It's yeah, it's yeah, not it's my fine. favorite of the three. That's what I'm saying. It's just yeah. not as good, but I still like it. I wouldn't so say my thing it's with... eh. Yeah, well, my thing with Gunstar Heroes is I have seen multiple, like, best of the Genesis lists that consistently put it as the number one best game on the Sega Genesis, and I think that's bullshit. Because <laughs> even among these three treasure games, I think it is the worst of them. Uh, it's still a fine game, but I think that there has been a lot of overhype for Gunstar Heroes over the years. Uh-huh. Well, uh, the thing Gun is, okay, the reason uh -huh. for that, though, is Everybody played it back then It was widely available sure. Dynamite Heady really was not it, yeah, Alien Soldier absolutely wasn't That was only on That was that? only Japan and I think PAL Yes, I think so Yeah I'm not but, sure if it even came out in PAL Yeah, it might have Well, know. even then my point is There were better games on the Genesis Than Gunstar Heroes yes. Even when you are not considering These three specific treasure games But yeah, so I think that like kind of colored my opinion of it because when I was going in, it was very much overhyped for me, and it's just not as good as a game as people have made it out to be. It's perfectly fine. Uh, it yeah. is a run-and-gun game, and of course, like a lot of these treasure games, they have big, ridiculous showcase bosses. Um, seven form is like an entire level built around a boss where the boss just changes forms like seven times. And there's actually like a very similar boss to that in Alien Soldier as well, where its whole gimmick is just... It's like multiple bosses rolled into one because you do enough damage and it changes its form on you. Um, yeah. Well, I, I also like the think best part though, about Gunstar Heroes is that, like, consider that Gunstar Heroes was the first game Treasure made. Like, you have to kind of take that into yeah. consideration. And like, considering they spring fully formed out of the womb with Gunstar Heroes, I think it's still very impressive. Yes, for a first game that is still a really strong game. Yeah. Uh, I think that maybe I would have had more fun with Gunstar Heroes if I played it with somebody else, though, too, because I know that a big oh, yeah. selling point for that game is the co-op. Um, it's like Resident Evil and 5. And I did not have anyone to play with. Uh-huh. Uh <laughs> or Dark Souls 3, as I keep trying to convince you to play that game with me co-op. Uh, Can I trade eggs in it? Um, No, but you can probably trade those stones no and say, like, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Very good I don't know if you can Are those in 3? 
Yes, they are oh. absolutely in three. Uh, I know they were added in the DLC for one. Yeah. I think they're in two. I'm pretty sure they're in two. Okay. I don't know that you could yeah, read those because I think those are probably like bound to character. I think that you can trade them, but there's just one of them in each game, so you probably shouldn't. Yeah, you want to keep but them. But I still around. think you can drop them. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, Gunstar Heroes probably would have been way more fun if I was playing it co-op, but but I didn't. And and like I said, it's a perfectly fine, serviceable game. I just do not think it is as good as people make it out to be. I think the actual bits where you're just doing the run and gun segments are not that great. The bosses are the best part of that game, and I think that you probably are not going to find anyone who tells you that what they come to for Gunstar Heroes is anything other than the bosses. Well, yeah, like, like that was the thing great. that was with Cuphead. Yeah. Like they were obviously taking inspiration from Gunstar Heroes. Just like yes. have some run gun levels that are kind of yeah, whatever, and then the main thing is the bosses. But then I think that brings us to Alien Soldier, where that is very much a boss rush, but in a more pure form. Yeah, there are still kind of lead ups to the bosses, but it's just very very short there's there's not much to that you are still very much going from boss to boss to boss and i think that is a stronger game for that for just focusing on that one element that treasure is very good at which is making these big ridiculous boss fights yeah alien soldier also is just like really fast it's kind of got that counter hardcore look where it kind of looks like it's running at the wrong speed it is very punishing for getting a game over yeah like there is a there's a lot of levels in that game and you are probably not going to see many of them if you're playing it like pure like i got these amount of game overs and continues and then i'm done i gotta restart the game uh so i'll admit i used like save states to make sure that i could actually make progress in that game because otherwise i would have been playing it forever yeah yeah it's hard uh yeah i don't think i've ever played all the way through it of course i wasn't Messing with save states I think I played it in the uh, That 360 collection uh, Sonic's mm. Ultimate Genesis collection Or whatever it was I think it was in there Yeah That was the first time I played it Because yeah it, it wasn't available here anywhere I, I might have played it on an emulator Before that actually I'm not sure Yeah I mean it I is I in English So I, yeah. I, I think that means it was released in PAL territories And they're using that translation But it's not like there would be much to translate in that anyway So yeah, I don't know if it's a That's a thing, after the some, fact thing There are sometimes Genesis games or anything That came out in Japan that are just in English anyway So who knows Yeah it's true It, it could very well have been I'm, I'm not actually sure what the whole history of that was But like Alien Soldier was definitely something that I found out about Much 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 later Because it did not come out here Uh so when I heard that, like, hey, there's this treasure game you never heard about, and it's just built around treasure-ass bosses, I was, like, way into that conceptually. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, shit, you play as this disgusting-looking Birdman? Hell yeah! Play the hell out of this game. Uh, but yeah, I, like, I don't think I could beat that thing without using save states. It is very, very difficult. I think that there is no shame in in using save states to try to at least push back against the fact that you would maybe have to replay the first 10 bosses of that thing just to get back to where you were over and over again because you would just hit a wall. Mm-hmm. Um, very fun, though. Uh, big, big, big sprites in that thing. Huge. Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Which, as we've discussed on this podcast before, back in the day, you could sell a game of how big the sprites were. Yeah, uh, so I was thinking... I do think I played it on emulator. By the way, it came out in '95, so yeah, yeah, it's a very late, yeah. Um, 
but... kind of shows like the amount of stuff that they're doing in that thing is is very much like showing some mastery over the hardware yeah so i think i played it on the emulator because from what i remember i had thought it was a different game when i downloaded it there's another one with a really similar name that's like a beat em up um mm. I think I thought it was that And then I booted it up as like what is this And had a really good time with it uh, <laughs> And I am looking Oh Alien Storm Is the one I'm thinking of Oh yeah 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 Cause okay yes That that was in the Sonic Ultimate Genesis collection Not Alien Soldier Yeah that makes sense Cause I, I do question whether or not Alien Soldier oh. Does even have like an official release Still yeah. Oh, and there's Alien Syndrome, but that's not it. Yeah, apparently it yeah. came out on the virtual console. Okay. That makes sense. I was gonna say maybe it was part of the like Genesis Classics collection that they do on like Steam so, and everything. Yeah, I like, think I it's see them putting it on I that. think it's in that too. Because it says okay. um it was released in Japan in two thousand six on the PlayStation two as part of a compilation. Um yeah. Go into that 3D hub and see Alien Soldier on the shelf and and think about this hypothetical past. Yeah. It never was. But yeah, it says it was um, released again worldwide in fall 2007 on the Wii with the Virtual Console and then again for Microsoft Windows on Steam 2011. So it's Mm. probably, yeah, that collection. All right. Alien Soldier, very good. Uh, Although I think... The one out of these three that if we both settled on being the best, it's Dynamite. It's Dynamite Heady. Come on. Yeah. Dynamite Heady's great. He's a head. And yes. Dynamite. He throws his head. Yeah. He is also Dynamite. Um, God, just again, speaking about crazy treasure bosses, the entire like visual style of this game is bonkers because it's yeah. done up kind of like a puppet show. Yes. So you have a lot of like everything is taking place on a stage and a it's parallax these scrolling. Sets. Oh yeah, a ton of parallax scrolling yeah. in this game, but like you know, you have bits of like the background that are kind of chunked out and showing like the back of a stage or something like that. It's a very neat like aesthetic. Yeah. I, I am way into the look of Dynamite Heady. Yeah, like you can see then, like lighting rigs and stuff in the levels. Yeah, yeah. But then like also the bosses are like here's just a giant puppet. Yeah. Or like these you know dudes in a costume or something like that. Like it's oh god. Such a cool looking game, uh, but like this, I think is where you then again, as as we've mentioned many times before, that treasure does these really cool boss fights. But like you marry that with like actual side scrolling gameplay that feels good. Yeah, like it's delivering on the promise of Gunstar Heroes. Like it is a good version of that game almost. It's not a run and gun. It's it's more of a platformer. You know, you're throwing your head at people. Uh, almost like a decap attack. I but yes. I was gonna say back in the day, I would often confuse this with decap attack. Yeah, uh, but you're getting like different power ups to change your head into different things. So like you know, you can turn your head into like a hammer. There's one where you can get it to shoot stuff out. Uh, so it's based off these different kind of power ups. Um, but I think they actually make that like side scrolling gameplay feel good. They also make it feel a lot more substantial than it is in Alien Soldier or in Gunstar Heroes. Uh, some of those actual side-scrolling levels are still doing really crazy things. Like there's that one where you're on the platform that's kind of like tilting back and forth, mm-hmm. and it looks really crazy. Yeah. Um, there's also a level. It's like it's got um, I don't know what the name for them is. That old style of Japanese paintings. 
or in the background. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Cur- where it's like or something like that. Yeah, uh-huh. but it's it's almost like again keeping with the the sort of like stage aesthetic is is like a kabuki thing yeah, level yeah. or no um, or something. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, there's the, there's just this energy and style to that game that I don't think I've ever seen in another video game, and it's very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also still like a really tough video game, but I feel it is maybe more approachable than Gunstar Heroes and Alien Soldiers. Like I feel it's it's easier than that, but it is still tough. Probably because I I played Dynamite Heady when I was a kid. Um, I probably would not have played much of Alien Soldier if I had played it when I was a child. I wouldn't be able to get past the first level in that. Yeah, thing. probably. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like um, I also really like the hidden ending to that game. I don't know if you ever got that. I don't know. I don't think so. The the extra boss at the end. Uh, I can't remember what the unlock criteria is for that, but like, is it's been a bit now. I actually think it's like a post credits boss thing. Uh, oh. But it is that Dynamite Hetty is in the office of like a movie executive who's just like throwing bags of money at him. Okay. <laughs> so you have to fight the movie executive uh, to make Dynamite Hetty rich, steal all his money. Dynamite Hetty is a socialist. That's good. That sounds like <laughs> yes. something from a Wario Land game. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Uh, but yeah, God, I, I am. Uh... I'm a big fan of Dynamite Hetty. The music in that game also is terrific. Uh-huh. Oh, God. Just a lot of really scratchy, grungy, grimy sounds coming out of the Genesis. is terrible sound hardware. <laughs> it's definitely like one of those games that knows exactly how to get the most out of the sound chip on the Genesis. Like, what kind of music to make with that? It is, it is very much a... Uh, Speaking of Contra Hardcore, it reminds me of that. It's like that level of intense and grunchy and gross sounding. Yeah. That it ends up being very good. Um, I'm looking yeah. to try to so see anyway. who the composer was for Dynamite Hetty. Yeah, I wonder what else they've done, actually. can't find it. It lists some um, director, producer, programmer. Maybe if I go to uh, Moby Games, yeah, I could find it. Just do a search on Google yeah, keep, for Dynamite Heady Composer. Keep, keep saying stuff. Okay, I'll keep saying stuff. Uh, I like how there's a lady Dynamite Heady. Uh, she gets okay, kidnapped no, at the end of the that. game. You got okay. Well, but I like that's but just kind of you know when I was a kid I got really confused. Um, no, I like there are a lot of music treasure anyway. Uh. Treasure's not doing stuff anymore. Like, they went out of business at some point, I want to say. Or got, like, absorbed into something else. Yeah, the last one I remember was... They did uh, that Gunstar Heroes for, like, Game Boy Advance? Yeah, because I know that they did more stuff with the Gunstar Heroes license, but, like, even that kind of came to a stop at some point. And, of course, one of my favorite games, which you refuse to play, um, Mm -hmm. Astro Boy Omega Factor. Game Boy yeah. Advance. But I think well, those like were you, like you read off too ones. that they were doing Alien Soldier re-releases until like what you said, 2011 or 2013. Yeah, but I don't know if the, that like required them to actually that, be doing anything. I'm not sure. But that still means somebody had the license at that point in time to yeah. be able to put it out. 
So like I I wonder who holds the rights at this point to Dynamite Heady and and all these other games. It must just uh, be because they're definitely not. It might be, yeah. But like whoever it is, they're definitely not doing anything with it. Which is maybe actually the case for it being Sega, because yeah. they do not do much with any of the IPs that they have. Right. Um, uh, was but, it Sonic and Yakuza, and that's it. But I looked at uh, music composers, and there are five. A whole bunch of them. Yeah, oh, five credit. Well, wow. there are two that have, or three of them have like aliases here, so I had to like recount and oh. make sure. Uh, Katsuhiko yeah. Suzuki. Yasuko, one name. Uh, Koji Yamada, also known as Koji. Akihata, Aki. Um, Norio Hanzawa, uh, credited as Non. I guess that's the thing is like you know back when they would use fake yeah. names. Koji Yamada sounds familiar. Um, looks like uh, Koji Yamada has been doing stuff as recently as Jump Force in Digimon World Next Order. Oh well. At least you're still getting work. Yeah, sure. Well, yeah, that's the thing that was like a really common in uh, Capcom games back in the day was them just using aliases. Yeah. Like, I think even, um, you know, producers and stuff on those games would still not use their actual names. I know that like Igarashi, even now, will just credit himself as Iga Iga. in games. Yeah, which like, like at this point you know who Iga is. Yes. <laughs> like, come on. Looks if you're like playing that these... game, you know exactly who it is. Shut up. Looks like a lot of these people were just sort of standard treasure people. Because like yeah. a, a lot of these have a lot of treasure credits. Like Akihata has Dynamite Heady, uh, Bengayo, mm-hmm. um, Contra Three. Huh. Okay. Rocket Knight Adventures. Ah, she's done a lot of good maybe stuff. Maybe that's apparently. the yeah. So maybe <laughs> that is the one who did the music that I like from Dynamite Heady because, boy, well, Contra Three and uh, well, there's a Rocket Knight uh, has good Norio Hanzawa did the music for the Simpsons arcade game, I guess, 1991. Uh, okay, Gunstar Heroes, Dynamite Heady, Alien mm. Soldier, Guardian Heroes, Silhouette Mirage, Mischief Makers. Rakagaki Showtime, Bengayo, Stretch Panic, Tiny Toon Adventures, Scary Dreams, Warrior World, Astro Boy, Omega Factor, Advanced Guardian Heroes, Gunstar Superheroes. So that might also be one of the like, ones that. Yeah. I feel like that's the guy. That must yeah, be the so treasure music guy. Probably was the lead composer on that game. Also known as Playback Hanzawa, which is a really good alias. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that is really good. Yeah, well, oh, actually, yeah, probably this other guy. Also, it looks like they're basically just every treasure game is on. So it must just be like the treasure team, essentially. Yeah. Well, I should probably rate these games. Um, okay. I'm drinking an entire can of Nos, and so I'm very wired today. So oh, wow. I would say that, you know, considering the level of energy behind Dynamite Hey, that is five cans of Nos. Uh, Alien Soldier is very comparable. That's four cans of NOS for Alien Soldier. And, uh, you know, I know that this is going to be a in kind of middle of the road. Maybe I'm doing a disservice to Gunstar Heroes. Apology to Gunstar Heroes defenders and apologists. Uh, but it just gets three cans of NOS. It's real middle of the road for me. I would say it's, it's fine. Okay. If you had said like two and a half, then I would think, yeah, you could bump it up to three. No, but, no. Yeah. I, I had a moment where I was going to give it two, and that actually seems a bit too low. That's being unfair to yeah. Star Heroes. It's just fine. It's it's neither great nor is it bad. I had an okay time with it. 
I second all of those, except I would use the non-insane method of rating them. But yes. I feel that my method is very crystal clear. I mean, it's... Yeah, the crystal method. That's you. Yeah. You it's cans of NOS out of seven. So. Oh, no. Yeah. Then I don't agree with it. What? If they were out of five, like I would agree with those. Are you saying Dynamite Heady is only five out of seven? Yeah. Nothing's perfect, Larry. Nothing in this world. Okay. How many cans of NOS would you give Simon's Quest? Uh, and and one why sip. is it zero? <laughs> one <laughs> tiny sip of like the, the very bottom of the can after it's settled. <laughs> This warm sip of NOS. Yes. Room temperature ass NOS. Yep. All right. Yeah. Out of a dog bowl. I could see that. I would say that it is a can of like purple NOS where I'm revolted by the flavor of it. And so I would not have anything to do with it. Like I tried it once and I was like, this is disgusting. <laughs> and now every time I see it, I just kind of turn my nose up at it when I pass by it in the store. Just say no to Simon's Quest. Exa- yes, exactly. I'm starting a new D.A.R.E. program, but it's just about getting kids to not play Simon's Quest, which ends up having the opposite effect, because then they want to play more Simon's Quest just to know what it's like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thanks, it's Nancy terrible Reagan. what I'm doing to these youths. Yes. <laughs> Known uh, Simon's Quest apologist Nancy Reagan. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I think that's it for this week. Next week, we'll do a Gobble Ghoul Zone. I did okay. not anticipate we would spend this amount of time on Wonder Woman, but you had some Neither grievances that needed to be aired. Yeah. So, And I needed to... I've been playing a lot of games in this last week, and I had some things to say about them, too. So, Still disappointed by Battle for the Grid. It's, God. It's just, I finally have a fighting game I'm feeling good outro. at, and I can't play it with no one. Ah... Goodbye, Zordon.